Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. We have a lot of teachings in our church, and we have produced CD for people to listen to. But lately, we're going to try to encourage members to change the direction of instead of using CD, we need to change the technology to use money of God in the right way because we have been, been giving CD for free. But because of technology, we encourage people to go and buy the MP3 machine. And eventually, we can have computer to download the sermon for free. And if you can buy the hard drive, we can download all the sermon and you can put into your car and MP3 machine and listen to the, all the old teachings. And we, we teach um, the lesson in series. We want to make sure that people understand each subject very well. I just finished the series called Ruling and Reigning Through Christ Jesus. It's a wonderful series. This year in the camp, we're going to teach a series called Fruitfulness, How to Become Fruitful. So that will take many, many months to finish. Each year we teach a series. Right now I finish the series of ruling and reigning. So we're going to teach other things until the camp time. Amen. So I'd like to encourage all of you to be the people of the Word of God. You know, sometimes you listen to the Word one time, you get something. You listen the second time, you get more. The third time, you get even more. And the principle of God is that faith come by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. If you want to have faith in any issue in the Bible, any subject, you need to listen to that teaching again and again and again. And your faith will grow in it. There are so many subjects in the Bible that we need to grow. Subjects of serving God, the family, how to be a good husband, subjects of healings and the file of God. We have so many subjects that we need to learn. And if we keep hearing, we will grow. Thank God for the technology. We can listen to all this teaching in the car now, in the bus. We can listen while we are eating lunch and we can hear the Word of God all day long. We need to feed ourselves, feed our spirit. Don't feed your spirit with a junk, okay? A lot of junks out there. Don't feed your spirit with a junk, but with the Word of God. Become people of the Word. I say this, I do it myself. I listen to the Word of God all day long. When I sit in the car, I turn on. I listen to the Word of God. I feed myself all the time with the Word of God. Amen? So tonight, we will continue to talk about the personhood of the Holy Spirit. And I will try to go very slowly so that you will get the message. Why did God tell me to share this one? In fact, a lot of Christians know about Jesus. They know about the Father. But many Christians don't even have a clue who the Holy Spirit is. And if without the Holy Spirit, our Christian life will be weak and we will not get the whole things that God has for us. Because the Bible says that everything that comes to us comes by the Holy Spirit. He is the God on earth here who will bring everything that the Father wants to give to us by the Holy Spirit. In fact, I just have a conversation in the operating room on Wednesday at Evergreen Hospital. And one man there, he was about maybe 35 years old. He grew up in the church. And his even grandfather is a pastor and preacher. And the anesthesiologist was also a Christian. And they began to raise the question about why Jesus said, Father, why you have forsaken me while he was on the cross? And all these people did not know the answer. So eventually he had to step in and start to preach in the OR, why the patient is on the table. So everyone has to listen to me. No one can run away from me because I'm the boss. I'm the boss. They have to be there for the service of that patient. So it's good to preach the gospel. So I began to preach. But one of the sentences I said to this young man, he said that my grandfather talked to me about the Bible and I never understand. I could not understand the Bible. And now he's not going to church. He completely backslid. He's not even going to church anymore. And how many people in America are like that? That when they grow up, they go to college and they never go to church anymore. And one of the things that God spoke through me to all of them, including non-believers who are standing there. We have about three non-believers and two believers and me, the third one. 
I say that the word of God is not about intellectual. It's not just about knowing informations, but the word of God is of the spirit. Is the word of the spirit. You cannot fully understand the word without the working of the Holy Spirit in the church and in your own life. But unfortunately, the Holy Spirit has been ignored, has been shuffled out of the Christian church and from people's life. And that's why all the kids that grow up in the church grow up with intellectual study about the Word of God. But they don't grab a hold of the revelation of the Word through the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit to move in the church and move amongst the young people as well. So that they, when they read the Bible, it will be like, oh, yes, yes, it will dawn into their spirit. It's not just a hate knowledge. It's about, it's a spiritual thing. The Bible is a spiritual book, not scientific book, not intellectual book, but it's a spiritual thing. The only person that can help us to understand is the spirit of the living God. Amen? Therefore, as the church and as believers, we need to be hungry and we need to really have a desire. We need to yearn to know about the Holy Spirit and to build relationship with the Holy Spirit and know how to walk with the Spirit, know how to cooperate with the Spirit. And how can you know, how can you walk with the Spirit if you don't even know who He is, how He works, how we cooperate with Him? Amen? One big important thing in my life is to know who Pastor Da is so that I will not get into trouble in my house. Happy wife, happy life. So I need to know when she moves this way, when she makes her eyes that way, what it means. So I have to, okay, I know what you mean. I want to make you happy. I need to know my wife very well. What she thinks, just look at the eye contact. I know right away what she thinks. How many wives agree with that? That is good. How many husbands agree with that? Amen. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. If you want to work with Him, you need to know Him very well. And our church wants to train you to do this thing. We want to teach you and train you, not just training you in the head knowledge, but also train you in the daily life. Amen. Isaiah 44 verse 3, the Bible says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land, and streams on the dry ground, I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. This is a prophecy in the book of Isaiah that in the end time, he wants to pour out his spirit upon God's people in the church, young and old, all the offspring of God need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when the spirit of God showed up, the blessing will follow. Amen. He will come with a blessing. So that's why we need the Holy Spirit in the church. Japan needs the Holy Spirit. Amen? So that people will stop loving material, but they will fall in love with Jesus. Every church, every city needs the Holy Spirit. So I have taught this three or four times already. Tonight we will continue to learn more about the Holy Spirit. We have learned that the Holy Spirit is a person. He is not an influence or just a power, or just some idea. He is a person. He can talk, he can listen, he can help us. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verse 26, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and will remind you of everything at, that I have said to you. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is a person. He can teach us all things. When we talk about teaching or learning the Word of God, there are two parts. The receiver side, when you read the Bible, when you listen to the sermon, you are receiving. And on the giving side, you may be teacher in the church, you may be teaching in the care group, or you may be preaching the Word of God. You are on the giving side. Both the receiving side and the giving side has to flow with the Holy Spirit on both sides. Because the real teacher is not the man. 
It's not me. The real teacher of the Word of God is the Holy Spirit. Do you know the reason why we worship God before we preach the Word of God? Why don't I just come up and preach the Word of God right away? The reason because we want to bring the presence of the Holy Spirit first into the meeting. So when the presence of the Holy Spirit show up here, He will speak to you even what I cannot say. I may say one sentence, but He can speak to you another five sentences that I did not speak. Because He teaches you into your spirit by His Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit shows up when you read the Bible at home, or when the Holy Spirit shows up in a meeting, or when you are preaching or teaching the Word of God with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, definitely the Holy Spirit will bring that Word into the listener or to the receiver and make it like a fire that burns on the inside. You will remember. It will bring clarity. It will bring conviction. It will bring signs and wonders and changes. Amen? We need the Holy Spirit in the meeting. We need the Holy Spirit when we read the Bible. We need the Holy Spirit before we preach and teach. He is the real teacher. Even Apostle Paul say, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 to 5. Listen carefully. Paul was a great preacher in his time. He said, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. He did not use his brain to talk to another person's brain. He did not use the ability to talk from the human intellectual ability to talk or to preach the word of God. Were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is how Paul taught the Bible. He taught from the Holy Spirit on the inside of him. And the Holy Spirit will bring revelation and demonstration of the Spirit. Will bring deliverance and salvation and changes in people's life. That's why you need to know how to hook up to the Holy Spirit when you read the Bible or when you teach the Word of God. Amen? It's so important to have the Holy Spirit working with us in the area of the Word of God. Amen? Look at John chapter 15, verse 26. The Bible says, When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Everyone say, testify. So we learn that the Holy Spirit teaches. Now we learn that the Holy Spirit testifies. Again, the receiving side and the giving side. In our life, when we relate to God, we say, God worked in us first, and then God worked through us. All the Father in this room, you need to let God work in you first, so that He can work through you to your children. It's so important that the godly man, the, all the dad in this church, must be strong Christian. Let God deal with you. Let God work in you, so that you can be example, and you can... Let God work through you into your children. Everyone say in. That is receiving. How about everyone say through. That is giving side. The same thing, testify about Jesus. When the Holy Spirit works in you, He will testify about Jesus. He will make Jesus become so real to you that He is the Son of the living God, that He is the Messiah. That He is the answer to your life. That He is the true God. He is your Savior. This is not something just hate knowledge. Yeah, yeah, I believe Jesus is my Savior. Yeah, Jesus is the Son of the living God, but it can be up here. But never dawn into your spirit until the Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus in your spirit. Yes, I know who Jesus is. I know and I know in my heart. I know Him. And that knowing... It's not just happen overnight. The Holy Spirit will keep, keep working in us. You cannot sell life insurance until you are really believing in, in life insurance. Because otherwise, when you talk to your customer, they'll say, you need life insurance is good? I think so. Before I open somebody's skull, 
I need to have conviction that the surgery that I'm gonna do is gonna help you. So when I talk to my patient, you gonna do well. I talk out of my conviction before I tell my patient that this surgery is gonna help you. Is that right? The same thing. How can you preach Jesus Christ if you are not even sure who Jesus Christ is in your heart? Therefore, we need to let the Holy Spirit work in your heart, testify about Jesus in your heart first. That yes, I can even die for Jesus. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. He is the answer of everything in my life. He is the Prince of Peace. He is my God. I can trust Him. He died on the cross for me. He loved me so much. He cared for me so much. That has to be burning and cooking on the inside of you, inside here, before you can go out and say, "You need Jesus." You cannot say that until you are convinced first. You are persuaded first that Jesus is your God. So you need to let the Holy Spirit work inside. That's why I love revival service. That's why I love to lay hand on people because I know when the Holy Spirit touch people on the floor, the Holy Spirit is working inside that the Jesus become more real to them, and then they will go out and testify and start to witness and evangelize. Amen. That is the receiving side. The Holy Spirit work. On the inside of you, but on the giving side, when you witness, you are not trying to use your own ability to convince a person that Jesus is the answer, the gospel is the answer. The person that will convince the listener that Jesus is the answer is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So when you share the testimony or when you witness. You depend on the Holy Spirit to give you the word to say. You may say only five words, but they get saved. Instead of trying to argue and argue and argue with your human intellect, try to win that person to accept Jesus Christ. Actually, last night I just got a Facebook from another country. This man asked me to be friends, so I clicked yes, I accept you. Suddenly he text message me right away in the Facebook. He say, my mom. Is very stubborn, and I dare not tell her that I'm a Christian, and she would be mad at me. So I Facebook back, pray for her. Let's pray right now. So I type pray for your mom in Jesus' name. And then he say, "What do I do next?" I say, "Listen to the Holy Spirit, and let Him give you the word to say." Within one hour, he t- he wrote me back the instant message. Oh, it works! My mom, listen. My mom open now. Now I can tell her the gospel. You see, he hook up to the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of him spoke through him to testify who Jesus is. Amen. Amen. We need the Holy Spirit. When I got my mom saved, my mom never read the Bible. My mom always against Christianity since I was a believer. She never read the Bible, and she was 73 years old before she passed away. And I was praying for her in the airplane, going to Thailand. And the Holy Spirit told me, "Go tonight. This is the night. And when you walk in, you just say one sentence: 'Mom, you need Jesus.' That's all you say. I did. I walk in. I did not try to preach to her. I just say, 'Mom, you need Jesus.' This is in the hospital room. And she answered me." I don't know him. How can I believe him? And then the Holy Spirit told me, "Pray for her right now." I say, "Can I pray for you? Can you close your eyes and I pray for you?" He say, "Okay." So she closed her eyes. I lay hand on her and pray for her. She was sitting on the hospital bed. I was standing like this. After I finished praying, she opened her eyes and she cried. And I say, "What happened to you?" She say that Jesus was standing in front of me here. And I know who he is now, and she accepted Jesus right there. Two sentences: You need Jesus now. Can I pray for you? And the Holy Spirit is not me; it's a miracle that the Holy Spirit spoke to her, show her Jesus, testify Jesus to her. And in that hospitalization, she saw Jesus three more times in the X-ray department and. Other places, and after that, she was so on fire. She was filled with the Holy Spirit in this building. She came to visit and was filled with the Holy Spirit, laughing the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongue here, without even learning the Bible about speaking in tongue. 
You see, the Holy Spirit is at work. We need the Holy Spirit to testify about Jesus. Amen. How many people want to be hooked up to the Holy Spirit? How many people want the Holy Spirit to work in your life? How about through your life? Look at another scripture in John chapter 16, verse 13. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. Everyone say truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. He hears from the Father. The Father knows everything. So He brings the message of truth to us. And He will tell you what is yet to come. So when we talk about truth, it's the truth of the Bible. So the Holy Spirit can show us when we read the Bible, we can understand the truth, the revelation, the mystery of the Bible. He can show us and teach us. The Father teaches through the Holy Spirit revealing the truth. Not only that, the Holy Spirit can reveal to you any truth concerning your life. Anything concerning your life. Not just the truth about the past, not only the truth about the present, but the truth about the future. I give you an example. One day, a doctor in the emergency room at Overlake Hospital called me and said there is a lady here who became polarized. And we found that the x-ray showed that she has a clot in her spine, compressing her spinal cord. Can you come in and take a look at her? In my heart, I was thinking, okay, this is in one sense, a tough case. And I'm on call. Should I go there or should I... What should I do? It's a tough case. And suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He brought the truth of the future to me. He said right away to me, Son, don't take this case. Send to the university. So I said to the emergency room doctor, You know, I think this is beyond my ability to take care. Send her to University of Washington. They did. She was sent to the university. Two years later, I got a letter from a lawyer. This lady sued everybody at Overlake Hospital. But I was not sued. Why? Because God already told me, don't get involved. Actually, God even told me at that moment, I didn't say that. God even told me, if you get involved, you're going to be in trouble. This case. How many people want to live a life like that? Many times when I perform surgery, the Holy Spirit bring me the truth. Go there, go here. Many times when I put the films up and I look at the films and all the doctors in town say, no way, you're going to have to live like this for the rest of your life. You're going to be in... Oh, there's one case. There's one case come from the pain doctor. And this lady have back fusion and leg pain and all the doctors give up on her. And they send her to me so that I can put the pain pump. And God said to me, the truth about this lady. Everyone say truth. Truth is not only about the Bible, but the truth about life. The, God said to me, send her to have another x-ray. So I send her to have another x-ray, come out. She has some problem inside there a little bit. It took me only one hour to fix it. She woke up, a new woman, all the pain was gone. She did not any pain pump. She was like a new woman because the Holy Spirit told me what is to come and the truth. Amen. You can apply this every single day. You may be driving. You may not even know that you put the gas pedal at 45 miles per hour on the road at 30 miles per hour. You were going and because you talk on the phone or text message or something. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit told you, out there in five seconds, there will be a gun to detect the speed. And you slow down right away. And when you drove by, ooh, the police is there. The truth about the police ticket. How many people want to live like that? I want to live like that. Amen. The Spirit of God can bring us the truth. We should live like that every single day. We live like a life that, Holy Spirit, show me, tell me what to do. Show me, should I invest this money to this company? Should I be friends with this person? Should I marry this person? Or I should not marry this person? Should I buy the house over there? What should I do? Amen? I know I make mistakes. 
in my life because I sometimes I did not listen to the Holy Spirit and I regret later on. So I try to be more sensitive and listen to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Next one, John chapter 14, verses 16 to 17. Are you learning something about the Holy Spirit? Now, are you convinced that the Holy Spirit is important? Okay. John chapter 14, 16 to 17. And I will ask the Father, He will give you another. Everyone say another. Counselor to be with you forever. Thank God forever. Not just one day. Not only in the church, but everywhere. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him for He lives with you and will be in you. This part of the Bible, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is another counselor. What does it mean, another counselor? The word counselor in the Greek language is parakletos. The word parakletos means a person who stands by side and gives aid. I give you an example. When I started to learn neurosurgery, I did not know how to open the skull. I did not know how to take the tumor out. But I want to be a neurosurgeon. So when I was sitting and start to do the work on somebody's skull, my professor who has opened 1,000 skull standing there with me, Parakritos, he is my Parakritos. He was beside me, helping me to open the skull, take the tumor out until one day I can do it myself. I need help. Or you get a lawsuit. You went to court. And then the counsel or the lawyer, your defense lawyer, was standing there with you. You sit there, he sit here, and any time the prosecutor tried to talk against you, your lawyer will stand up, the counsel. And the parakritos, your advocate, will stand up and speak for you. But that person, the lawyer, knows the law better than you. My professor knows about neurosurgery better than me. When Jesus was walking on earth, he went out with the disciple. When the demon possessed person come, the disciple tried to cast them out, but they could not. So Jesus come and say, go. They left. When they were in the boat, the wind came. They all get nervous. Oh, we're going to be in trouble in the sea here. The wind is so strong. When Jesus woke up, stop. He stopped. Jesus was there, Parakitos. Everywhere they went, Jesus was by their side, knowing what to do. When they need the answer, when they have a question, Jesus would answer them. Jesus would tell them what to do. Jesus would be able to handle every situation. Is that right? Is that how Jesus was with the disciple for three years? But Jesus is not here now. And Jesus is, cannot be in Japan and in Thailand at the same time and in America because he was in the physical body. So God, he gave us another. The first one was Jesus with the disciple. But this is another counselor, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you, beside you, help you, give you aids, tell you what to say, tell you what to do, stop the wind and the storm for you, tell you what to say, how to handle the situation. He is there for, with you and in you and help you all the time, 24-7. He is another counselor. He is another or parakitos. He helped you there. Should we live like that? That we recognize, we know that the Spirit of God is with me and He is my help. He is my helper. He will tell me what to do. If I have any question, I can ask Him. Even face a situation in my life that I don't know what to do. Holy Spirit, Father, by your Spirit, could you please let me know what to do next? And he will be there for you 24-7 for eternity. Is it wonderful? This is why the devil doesn't want you to listen to this kind of sermon. Because he wants you to ignore the Holy Spirit. You will not understand about the Holy Spirit and then you just ignore him all the time. You never... Spend time with him or talk to him. Amen. Everyone say, he is my help. He is my counselor. My comforter. But what we should not do with the Holy Spirit 
is in Hebrew chapter 10 verse 29. We have to be careful. Sometimes our heart is wrong. Can Christians have wrong heart? Yes. Sometimes because of the wrong training when we were young. Sometimes because we associate with wrong kind of people. And we can get that kind of mentality or that kind of attitude toward God. Look at this attitude. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 29. How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished? Who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? Who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him? And who has insulted the Spirit of grace? Some people insult the Holy Spirit instead of honoring the Holy Spirit. They will talk negative against the Holy Spirit. I really feel bad for some people who put in the blog, in the website, and talking against what the Holy Spirit is doing in the church. I feel bad for them because they are insulting the Holy Spirit. We should be careful with our mouth, with our writing, with our attitudes regarding the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? When I first got into revival, I went to a meeting. And I saw a lot of manifestation. People fall down, people have manifestation. I was trained by the Baptist pastor, so I did not see all this stuff. I was really confused. Wow, why we believe in the same Bible? Why we have the same God, but you practice one way and I practice another way? So in the airplane, I was asking God, God, what is going on here? And he said to me, don't criticize anybody. Don't insult the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't throw baby with the bath water. You know what it means? Don't throw baby with the bath water. In the meeting, you may see some fleshly manifestation or some people may work like in a fleshly way. That may be bath water. But the real stuff, you need to keep it. The real things of the Spirit. We have to be careful not insult the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? Everyone say, I will not insult the Holy Spirit. Because you know what's going to happen? The Bible says, deserve to be punished. God will punish people who insult the Holy Spirit. It's very serious sin. Acts chapter 5, verses 3 to 5 and 9 to 10. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? and have kept for yourself some of the money you received from the land. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied to men, but to God. Peter said to her, now the wife, he was talking to the husband, now he was talking to the wife. How could you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? You need to understand that Ananias and his wife was, were lying to the apostle. They were believers. Let me ask this question. Can Satan still work in the heart of believers in the church? Can? What the Bible said a while ago, that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit. We have to be very careful because even we have Jesus inside us, even though we are born again Christian, if we are not careful to look at what we think, how we say, we can be used by the devil to say wrong things. Amen? And we can do wrong things in the church. So we have to be very careful about this issue. Satan can deceive Christians in the local church. This couple lied to the apostle. But the apostles say that you did not lie to men, but you lied to God, to the Holy Spirit. Wow, this is serious. We have to be very careful in our Christian walk. Don't take this thing lightly. When you come to church, when you go to care group, when you talk to one another, and you think, oh, it's okay, he's just a human being. I can say whatever I want. I will make myself look good so I can lie, to make myself look good in front of him so I can be promoted in the church, or I can do this so that she will like me. 
I tell you, you're not lying to man. You're lying to God and to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't like it because it means that you despise Him. Amen. What happened to this couple? How many people know? What happened to this couple? They died. So God took it seriously. So many times I have to be very careful what I say, because I don't want God to look at me and say, "You lie to me. You're not honest with me." Amen. We need to be very careful. Speak your heart. Be honest. Be truthful. Speak the right thing. Amen. Don't manipulate. Don't say things to get your way, but you lie in order to get your way. Amen. Look at another scripture. Don't lie. Don't insult the Holy Spirit. How about last scripture here? Matthew chapter 12, verses 31 to 32. Matthew 12:31 and 32. And so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven men, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in the, this age or in the age to come. Mark chapter 3, verse 29, But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. He is guilty of an eternal sin. Wow. It's so serious that when we blaspheme the work of the Holy Spirit, what does it mean, blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Say falsely, insultingly, against the work of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is doing something, and you say, "Oh, this is the work of Satan." The Spirit is doing something, you say, "Oh, this is the work of demons." You equate the Holy Spirit to the spirit of demons. You attribute the work of God to the work of Satan. We have to be careful. Amen. How do you know? That is a work of the Holy Spirit. God told me this sentence all the time. How do you know that God is working in somebody's life, or the Holy Spirit is working in somebody's life? Very simple. Look at the fruit. The fruit is love, kind, mercy. The kingdom of God is getting bigger. You know, people get saved. The kingdom of God is growing. That is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But if the fruit of Satan, the fruit of the work of demons, hatred, cheating money, committing adultery, manipulation, being religious, so we have to be careful not to attack the work of the Holy Spirit without really knowing what is going on. If you do it willfully, your sin will not be forgiven. But sometimes people do it because of ignorance. Look at Paul. Paul despised the work of God because of his ignorance. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13, even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Paul did not intend to despise the Holy Spirit. He did it out of Ignorance and unbelief, but if you know and you know it's a work of the Holy Spirit, and you still talk against it, so that you can get your way, or so that that person will not come to that meeting, you will say something like, "Oh, that meeting, the Holy Spirit is not there." You talk against the Holy Spirit, even though you know that the Holy Spirit is there. You have to be careful because that sin will not be forgiven, unpardonable sin. Amen. So tonight, I try to teach you to understand the work of the Holy Spirit, how we should relate to Him. It's so important to know how we relate to the Spirit of the Living God. Amen. Jesus is in heaven on the right hand of the Father. The Father is sitting on the throne in heaven. The Godhead who works with us on earth here and in the church. Is the spirit of the living God. Every Christian should be educated, should be trained, should understand how to work with the Holy Spirit. 
if they don't understand, they will miss a lot of blessing on earth here. Amen. This is important. We need to know the Holy Spirit. We need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why do we have revival service like this? Because we want to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work freely in the meeting. I know that in the U.S., we emphasize the word seeker-sensitive service. So we don't want to offend any non-believers or any guests, any person that don't like the Holy Spirit thing. So if you move in the Holy Spirit, they will be mad, they will leave the church, they will not pay tithe. That's why people in the church are sick, are poor, have problems, divorce, kids backslide. Because we are sensitive to the non-believers instead of sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen? We should not be the church that is sensitive to the unbeliever. We should be sensitive to God. And if God moves, the unbeliever can get saved. You know, I have been doing this for many years. I learned one thing. In fact, unbelievers are not afraid of the move of God. The unbelievers are not afraid of the work of the Holy Spirit. People who are against the work of the Holy Spirit are all believers who have been trained in the church that they don't believe in the Holy Spirit. And they say, oh, this is not my way. This is not my denomination way. So I'm, I'm going to run out of here right now, run out of the door. This is not my way. And they miss the blessing. Because in a revival service, the Holy Spirit wants to touch people. Want to change you. Do you know that God doesn't want you just to come to church to have only salvation, to go to heaven, pay your tithe, and be a nice Christian. He wants you to grow. He wants you to be a strong Christian. He wants you to become like Jesus. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to preach the gospel, save souls, make disciples. How can you do all these things without being anointed by the Holy Spirit? How can you do all these things without being cleansed by Him, let Him work in you first so that you will be a, clear, a clean vessel so that you can reach out to people out there. If your life is a mess, I remember when I was at University of Washington, I have a junior resident. He claimed to be a Christian. I'm serious. He claimed to be a Christian, but he spoke bad language in the Department of Neurosurgery. And a lot of people look at him and say, I don't want to be a Christian. Look at this example. This Christian act like this. He is not a good witness. And I, I was really stumbled by him too. Why? Because he never grow. He never change. He just gets salvation and then done. Done deal salvation. I go to heaven. It's over. No, 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 no. Look at the Bible. The Bible says we need to grow up. We need to change. We need to become stronger believers. We need to become like Christ. We need to be good witness. And in order to do that, we need the Word and the Spirit. Why we need the Spirit? Because the Word is just the truth, but cannot really change your life fully. You need the hand of God to come in the fire, to start to operate on you. Cut this thing out, make the skin a little bit stretch, do some liposuction, but not the lipid or the fat of your physical body, but the fat of your spiritual life. He needs to do some cosmetic surgery on you to come and burn. That's why the Bible used the word fire. So the fire comes in to burn some junk out of you, some bad habit, some bondage in your life. And I tell you, even all this sin and these bondages, you don't even know you have it. Is that right? You don't even know you have it. Only God knows. So He has to come in to burn and to change you little by little so that you become more and more like Christ and you can be His good witness. Amen? Amen. It's so important. I give you an example. One person in another country, she was very negative. She's a nurse. She was very negative, very sad, very doubtful Christian. She came to our meeting in Thailand, get touched by the fire of God. 
The fire of God burned her. She was changed totally. She become happier, smiling, and become positive. In only one month, her mom got saved because she was changed. And then after that, her mom got touched by the fire of God too. Demon come out of her. She went back to her village. She got all the neighbor got saved. That's why the devil doesn't want the fire, because he knows that if the member got touched by the fire, change, many people gonna get saved. Because your life will be so changed to, to people that people will ask you, what happened to you? I like to go where you go. Where? Oh, that church. Okay, I follow you there. I want to be saved too. And you cannot change yourself. Only the Holy Spirit can change you. Amen. That's why we need this kind of meeting to let the Holy Spirit touch you and change you. I just gave testimony about a lady in Los Angeles. She addicted to alcohol. And eating junk food, she came to our meeting two weeks ago in San Diego. I lay hand on her. She fell under the power, and she saw a big black thing all, all over her. And the Lord told her, "Don't get up. I'm gonna clean you up today." So after half an hour, I lay hand on a lot of people. I came back to her. I touched her head. Suddenly, demon come out of her, big time. You saw that, Pastor Da. After that, the desire for alcohol was gone. Smoking gone, junk food gone. She was totally changed. All her friends got shocked. Like, what's going on with you? You got addicted to alcohol for many years now. You don't even have the desire anymore. Is it wonderful that she doesn't have to go through twelve steps, fifty classes of how to get? Free from alcoholism. I don't see that in the Bible. I don't see twelve step in the Bible. I don't see fifty classes in the Bible. Jesus has come free, done. I don't like twelve step. We despise the things of God. We slap on the face of God. You are not good enough. People need to go to twelve steps or fifty classes before you get set free. I got this brochure all the time. You know, learn how to do 50 classes to set the captive free. I say, no, the fire set them free. Yeah. Not the 50 classes. Amen. That's my experience, and that's Jesus' experience, and that Apostle Paul' experience, and that's what the Bible say. Not 50 classes. Fire. Heal. Get out of here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Japan need that. Japan need the file of God. Somebody need to pick up the torch, the fire. Somebody need to die to themselves and say, I'm going to carry the file of God back to my country. What is fire in Japan? In Japanese, huh? What is fire in Japanese? He, he. That's easy to remember. He, okay. That's easy. How about uh, uh, Chinese? What is fire in Chinese? Or, or, what? Oh, difficult word. <laughs> he is easier. How about Spanish? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. There is no such thing called graduation in the things of the Spirit. When you come to this one meeting, And get touched, you are not, you don't graduate. The Bible say, from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory, you keep moving up. You don't graduate until you become like Jesus. I have not become like Jesus yet myself. I still have a lot of work to do by God in me, but I am moving up every week from glory. 
to glory to glory. And the Bible says in Second Corinthians chapter three verse eighteen, by He said, from glory to glory to glory, by the Spirit of God, not by programs, not by twelve steps, not by seeker-sensitive service, but by the Spirit of God. That you're gonna be moved from glory. To glory, to glory. That's why the Bible talk about the outpouring. He say He's gonna pour the Spirit upon our flesh, because He want to move His people from glory to glory to glory. I tell you, the future of your children or your daughter depends on the revival in you. If you are in revival, your children will not backslide. If you are Lukewarm Christian, you play game with God. Your children grow up; they see you. They say, "Bye bye, I don't want to go to church." Amen. We need to really get strong and become really on fire Christian. Our children look at us, and the children will not like religious Christian either. They know you you are religious or not. You just talk. Nice vocabulary from Bible, but behind the scene you just do bad stuff. Religious people. No, we need to be real, and we cannot be real like that by, without the fire of God. Otherwise, we're gonna be full of hypocrites in the church. Amen. Amen. This is the end time. How many people believe this is the end time? I want to be a part of the bride of Christ. Jesus is coming back to the bride, and the bride is not religious. The bride fall in love with Jesus. The bride live a holy life. The bride wear the white linen. The bride is powerful, and I want to be a part of the bride in the end time. Jesus is coming back for the bride, not for the harlot, not for the church that love the world, love money more than God. And the fire will make you. The fire of the Holy Spirit will make you fall in love with Jesus so much. Believe me. This is my experience. You love God so much, you just wake up, think about Jesus all day long, because the fire of God is burning on the inside of you. That's why the devil doesn't want this thing in the church, because he doesn't want Christian to fall in love with Jesus. He just want you to have social club, come meet your friend. Hi, how are you? How do you dress? Oh, what is that? Is a nice cloth? Is it from Nordstrom? Oh, I see. Oh, nice. Oh, nice shoes, new shoes. Oh, hey, let's go out and eat. It's all social club in the church. Nothing wrong to socialize, but it's more than socialize. We need to be on fire. We need to be Holy Ghost people. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think I should stop talking. Otherwise, somebody somebody gonna get more correction. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tonight, the Father, the Shepherd of your soul. Gonna come by His Spirit to touch your life. He is your shepherd. You will lie down on green pasture, and He's gonna feed you the bread from heaven. He's gonna feed you with living water. He will clean you up. He will decorate you, help you to be changed, to become more like Him. Amen. You need to surrender. You need to be desperate. You need to get hungry. I know revival is not for every Christian. If you think you have enough, you're fine. You, everything is fine. You don't come to revival. Whenever you say, "God, I am poor. I need help. I really desperate. I need your help." I'm still far away from your perfect will. I'm still carnal. My faith is so weak. When I see problem, I cannot handle because I'm so. My faith is so weak. Help me, Lord. Then you can have revival, because you're hungry, you're desperate, and you say, "God, come and help me." Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus.
thank you lord jesus so when you come to be prayed for come with desperation yield to the holy spirit amen let him do whatever he wants don't look at other people you just yield let god work in your life amen you may have some physical reaction some of you may cry some of you may laugh some of you may shake because god is working in you god want to change you the key about letting god work in you is cooperation and yielding amen that's why the bible compare we get into the spirit as water ankle deep knee deep waist deep and swim in the water so if you want to get more you need to jump in and swim more if you come and you just touch the water the holy spirit and you pull your feet out and you say i don't want this he will not force you you need to jump in swim the more when he start working with you you just cooperate deal if he make you cry don't try to hold back and say i'm not going to cry i don't want to lose my face this is embarrassed oh no just go ahead and cry let him work let him do something on the inside of you if god make you laugh don't hold back oh, this is my culture i'm asian asian has to be i'm chinese so chinese have to act like if i laugh too much i will look no dignity there's no dignity in this room we all the children of god just laugh it's like the more you allow him to do the more he will do it he will do more amen if he make you laugh and you just hold back then he will back off because he is a gentleman but if you go ahead and do it he will work more he will he will cut more and operate more and liposuction a little bit more stretch your face a little bit more because you yield you let him do the work you need to learn to yield and don't worry about what other people think about you this is the operating room let god perform surgery on you operating room amen hallelujah no one going to look at you don't worry everyone is busy no one take your picture no one send this to youtube amen hallelujah thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord jesus <laughs> if god make you speak in tongue if god you feel that god touch you and you feel that you need to speak something go open your mouth and speak in tongue don't hold back cooperation amen thank you lord jesus hallelujah we pray for you first thank you lord jesus thank you lord jesus lift your hand up small children come first because you may need to pick up your children holy spirit welcome to this place welcome you all welcome holy spirit welcome to this place welcome you Oh, Lord, she 
message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I live to you this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done Have been washed away By your only son Bring me your tired You said Bring me your weak Bring me your hungry masses We seek your Yeah. 